Coming up on The Daily Show, huge win for XRP against the SEC. Tether, Treasury, and Bitcoin, what do they have to do with one another? Uh, the industry direction and maturity, we're going to have a philosophical discussion here. Uh, Treasurer's Shimmer campaign has wrapped up. Excitement coming from Mainnet. Stick around, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it. Welcome to Block Bites Daily. Mikey, bring us in. What is happening? What's, What's going, going on? on? What is Hello. going on? Yo, are we coming through on? Uh, hopefully, we're coming through on YouTube. All right, there they go. The numbers are starting. I was like, looking at the numbers, going, "Damn, what happened?" Oh yeah, all shit. Six Clay got a shadow here. banned. <laughs> yeah, I, Clay got a I, shadow banned because he kept trying to overthrow the U.S. government. He just couldn't yeah, help himself. I've, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've long feared the, uh, the old shadow ban from YouTube, but. But we keep rolling. It's all good. Uh, how you guys doing? Living the dream. Uh, JW, my friend. If if the show goes more than forty five minutes, I'm gonna have to take a leak. That's just that's just the way it goes. I, I do have a new shirt on today, which says that wasn't a microdose. <laughs> like we're not supportive <laughs> of you know that sort of thing on this show, but we're not discriminatory either. We're just kind of in a neutral position, and I liked the turtle, and so the turtle. Did you stand time. up again? Was that Franklin the Turtle? Yeah. What up, John Steps? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That I remember that show when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, I need to get some. Uh, I, I got to get the block lights light hung up, man. I've had it forever. Like this is it's uh it's well it's, past dude, time you, here. You need a handyman if you're not that. I don't know how handy you are. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Get a handyman. I, I'm handy not handy. Man. Like I need, <laughs> like I need somebody running the cords and... through the wall and 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 the whole deal. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll make that a, a weekend agenda item. So, dude, or both of you, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's probably not like I didn't I didn't do any Bitcoin charting this morning. I'm not sure. There's a whole lot to talk about. Bitcoin really. hasn't done any Bitcoin charting. That shit hasn't moved. <laughs> but but you know what happens when the volatility gets super super tight and calm actually want, let me go check let me go check the bands real quick because was that was one thing i did want, not look at this morning you guys see up? The, the newest report from some supposedly professional investment firm that said that the the neutral case for ethereum in like two years was eleven thousand dollars or something and the bullish I, was like 64. <laughs> well you know we should talk about that though for a second because them burning the yeah, world computer is not going to be bitcoin unless you know unless layer twos and layer threes take off which they might mm -hmm. maybe they will um oh no but with, hex bro yeah it's probably i heard pulse chains there were people complaining but I, I i think look if ethereum is truly adopted as the world computer like there i mean dude it, who knows like we look you know, ICO was what forty cents on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. I think, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Where are we at right now? Eighteen hundred bucks. Yep. None of that made any sense back in twenty fifteen. Right. And eleven thousand dollars doesn't make a lot of sense right now. But yep. 
so tomorrow we're actually going to go in depth on Ethereum. We're having Beavis on uh, for those that are tuned in now, and uh, we're going to talk proto dank sharding, and, and we should get in. We should get into the bull case for Ethereum. That's a segment that I've wanted to do for a while now with some with some stats behind it with uh, you know with token burns and and all that kind of stuff. Like what is what is the realistic upside on Ethereum? I think that's something we should go through tomorrow. I don't know what you guys think. Por que no? Yeah, I mean, so, you looking for my approval for the show tomorrow? You got it. You got one viewer. Uh, awesome. Did, did you right take now. a look at the bands? Or is it? Is it? Yeah, the bands are tight on the, on the half hour, but honestly, they're not tight. I mean, I'll share a screen with you guys real quick. Right. We, we, yeah, fucking, let's look at it. Might as well. Um, I mean, honestly, it's just been it's just been boring. Like, really, really. Can you throw me up on the screen there? Yeah, I got you. There we go. I got it. I got it. Oh. Otra vez. Okay uh it's it's been honestly kind of boring the bands are minimally tight i mean the daily bands are not tight at all uh the three daily are uh actually tightening uh a little bit surprisingly let's what does the weekly look like now nah, they're still out so uh, but here's the deal we we have had like very low volatility for a while now so some sort of a move is probably coming I, whether I it's up or down I, th I think I, it's down personally. It, I think, I think it may be down as well. And I think, you know, not the end of the world. Like, I think we've got, we're going to catch some major bids. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got some, Hey, further on in the show, we're going to be talking about some big old bids for BTC coming up. Some big some old bitties. Some of our favorite actors in the space are doing some big bids on BTC. That's right. Here, Tether. Oh yeah. Ever been wow with this tether that, that was like a dad joke almost <laughs> it was like a, a, a dad joke that was a of segue that was not a dad joke <laughs> all right <laughs> let's let's get into xrp and then we'll yeah. get into the dad jokes uh so basically uh bit you know i mean i would argue that xrp is the the most pivotal court decision in crypto that we're gonna get for you know, at least for the next couple of years, like this has impacts across every everything in the space is impacted by this decision. If 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 XRP is deemed a security, that gives the SEC you know the opportunity to go after Ethereum, who did, uh, who actually did do uh, uh, ICO, and, and it's just it opens the floodgates for so many things. Um, and so the uh, declassification of the Henneman emails from was it 2016 or 2018 when that speech was done? I thought it was 2018. I'll jump in on this one if you don't mind. Yeah, please. So look, all right. So we've got a lot going on with the XRP case. Whether you love XRP or hate XRP, XRP is spending millions and millions of dollars in a battle against the SEC, right? Two hundred million. Because here, yeah, and the Himman emails are a really, really pivotal thing. So Himman was a former SEC chair of something. I don't, he wasn't a commissioner, but I figure out what it was. And he gave a speech at a, uh, I believe it was like Yahoo Finance talks or some sort of. Uh, conference back in 2018, where he specifically stated Ethereum was not a security. Now, the reason that this is pivotal and the reason this is important to the XRP case is because these speeches are vetted. They're sent through the various channels. Now, it's not just that. <clears throat> There's a lot more to this, but but so I want to set the stage a little bit with you. Um, we all know Ethereum did an ICO. I think it was back in 2014, right? In fact, we were just yep. talking about that. Price was 40 cents. Um, which, you know, according to Uncle Gary, uh, would really make them a security, 
right? You're, you're buying something with the expectation of profit at the effort of others, blah, blah, blah. XRP did not do an ICO. In fact, they gave a shitload of XRP just kind of away. Like if you were a member of Bitcoin talk, you got 50,000 XRP or something. I forget what it was. Um, but the reason that this is so pivotal is that there are emails, there are text communications, and what I think XRP believes they're going to see is a pattern of corruption within the Securities Exchange Commission, that these emails are actually going to reveal that the SEC was in collusion, believe it or not, with the Ethereum Foundation, that they were working together, right? Um, so whether that's good or bad, I don't know. And I don't think that's really going to be the main thing that they want to get out of this. But the bottom line is, if the SEC at that point truly deemed Ethereum not to be a security, then there is absolutely no way they could turn around and then deem XRP to be a security unless selling XRP on the secondary market would make them a security, which it shouldn't. So this is really, really interesting, uh, the way that this is going down. And whether you love XRP or you hate XRP, you need to be in support of XRP winning this. And the reason that this is really interesting is, is the judge didn't deny the whole thing, but it did deny their motion to completely seal and suppress the Hinman documents, right? That's a big deal. And that shows that the judge is willing to rule in favor of XRP on certain things, right? So I, I see this as a... a a really, really big deal. You know, XRP supposedly has spent something like $10 million on this case. Like if they had- No, you know, no, they no, went $200 million. Is that true? Like, 200? Yeah, they, they put out a, they, yeah, they put out some information that about what they've spent. And they're like, no other company is going to be able to take on this kind of case because, you know, mm -hmm. they had billions of dollars, you know, like 1.2 billion or something that they had raised, you know, through, I don't know, selling, selling XRP maybe. Uh, but they, they had the financial backing to be able to take on the SEC, whereas things like library are just, you know, you walk in, it's like the, the bully at, you know, at the school, picking on the little kid uh, and shutting down you know, library. We've talked about the, the SEC case against them. They were sort of a YouTube, decentralized YouTube type competitor, uh, which got deemed as security and shut down. And then the SEC turns around and says library owes them $20 million as a result of their sort of punishment for being security. They... Actually, uh, two day, two days ago, released that they lowered that to one hundred eleven thousand because they're not going to be able to pay it. So, nevertheless, no one else. To your point, Austin, no one else can take on a case of this magnitude, dude. Two hundred million dollars, like that is crazy. So it's mm -hmm. so it's, yeah, it's it's so it's so important for everything that happens next. I think it is. <laughs> Mister Got Plenty could take on this case, but I have a take on this. Um, <laughs> Where is he? Where is Mister Got? If he doesn't so, show up, we're closing the show down. We can't do the show without him. So I've got a, a take on this in that. So I think this, I don't think this is like a huge win for Ripple, um, but it is nice. Uh, it's interesting that the SEC was trying to keep these documents sealed. The judge's point was there's no reason for this to be sealed. Like if this, we don't know if it's relevant to the case. Uh, so we should bring it in as evidence and we'll discuss and find out if it's relevant to the case. But right now, why would you want it to be sealed? And that's kind well, of cool because that makes it seem like what is SEC trying to hide? Right. SEC trying to hide. Right. Yeah. I now I had a question. You said uh, there was a little like conspiracy between Ethereum and the SEC that they might have colluded. <laughs> that, 
that is okay. So this was just a theory I heard on a random video from a random dude that was explaining this shit who sounded mm-hmm. like an XRP army, $587 maxi. Um, <laughs> and so take that for what it's worth. Um, okay, okay. But however, um, there are very specific reasons the SEC doesn't want this to come out. And I don't mm-hmm. think anyone really knows what those are because the, the deal or the details haven't been released completely. Um, but I think I think there's going to be some interesting revelations in there. And really what means something to me, again, I don't own any XRP. I've never really been a big fan of XRP, I got to be honest. Um, however, they if if Clay's numbers are correct, uh, the, they were willing to spend $200 million to fight basically the number one evil that's rallying against our, our industry mm-hmm. right now. And so we all need to rally behind them. Right, uh, for that and the judge ruled in favor of one of their motions so i find that to be very positive i mean yeah, we're going to talk sorry go ahead Corwell. real quick just some a little bit more context before we weren't uh we we're talking about who hinneman actually was so you ready for his title he's the sec corporation finance division director uh or he was and uh so he wasn't like a chairman but he was in he- the head of like i guess corporate corporate division finance corporate division <laughs> Whatever that means. But the documents are from a speech he gave to the Yahoo Finance All Markets in uh, Summit in June 2018. So if you guys want to look yep. it up, that's what you look up. So it was um, 2018. That's what I thought. Yeah, because this article came out from Coindesk back then. So, um, yep, yep, yep. I mean, it, it, yeah, I think like you never want something hidden unless there's something to hide. And that's kind of that's sort of the stance I take on this, right? Like if, if there's no, if there's nothing to hide, then then you know what's obviously like. In law, it probably works a little bit differently, but just in life, the only reason that you try to keep something, you know, uh, redacted is that there's things that you don't want out. And so that's that's like the, I feel like, particularly in the case of the SEC, because there's also a lot of exchange of emails that went on around this the speech. And so there's a lot Text more messages. There's yeah, a lot. There's a lot more under the surface that we don't know that have rippling and I guess no pun intended. This is the way it happened effects on what happens next in this case. And this is the biggest case going. And we're going to talk about uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Selkis from sorry. And the tweet that he put out a little bit, a little bit later in the show about industry maturity and how we need to, in his opinion, triple down on, on like where we're headed as a, as a, as a, like a crypto nation and, mm-hmm. um, and XRP winning. This is a big part of that, but also just like, you know, the way that we position ourselves as a group, as, as a, you know, a, a mature unit in crypto uh, is really important. And I think that this is, this is step one to getting there. Another interesting point that I saw on Twitter yesterday. So Meta Lawman, I like, I love this guy. He actually is a lawyer uh, and I love like the takes that he has, but this was particularly interesting to me. So Gary Gensler now has to worry that if SEC sues Coinbase, all emails, notes, and memos about his conflicting statements on the SEC's authority uh, to regulate can be made public. And that is, you know, that could be yes. a, that sets a precedent for what happens. In, and that's, I'm again, I'm not a lawyer. My dad was, but like, everything's about precedent. Like, you know that. <laughs> and so, uh, you know. That's that's the deal. So, like, if this is true, then there are a lot of conflicting statements that have come out of uh, Chair Gensler's mouth that you know could probably come in. Uh, <laughs> come Dude, in, Crypto come Bean, in. you beat me to it. I was gonna I was gonna tell him he's a mature unit, but you beat me to <laughs> it, man. I, I'm I'm an immature unit apparently because I cannot not laugh at that. Uh, so this is huge, though. Yeah, this is, is this the first? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just God, gonna God. say I want to see Gensler's messages to FTX. 
That's what I mm. want to see. I want to see those unveiled, bro. Is this is this the first note. time that a judge like like obviously this is just a motion, right? This is, it has to do with discovery of the case. But some spec, some speculation has been that perhaps if if there's very very damning evidence in the Hinman documents and the SEC knows it that perhaps they will pony up a settlement. They will come to the table and say we're willing to settle. You know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like I I think honestly I think the ca- the case could probably be split off into different parts. Like some could go to further litigation, like there you know there's there's a lot of outcomes that based on conversations with Ellie, I don't think it's as cut cut and dry as just like we've won the case and it's that's it. Like there's probably right. different pieces that can move in different directions. Um and yeah, so I think that you know, there's probably Jason Garlinghouse and the uh, XRP legal team seem to find this to be a massive deal. Uh, so it must it must be. And John Deaton as well, who represents, you know, I don't know how many hundred, like, you know, thousands of XRP holders from a, mm-hmm. from a, uh, a personal perspective, um, all seem to think that this is like a, a huge shift in the case. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the biggest thing going right now. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's it's and like this is very interesting to me because Gensler has said a lot of things that you know, have no reflection on his current opinions of what's going on. You know, when he was a, where was, where was he a, a, a teacher? Was it like Harvard? MIT. Yeah. So like that. He also just, worked for Goldman Sachs. He worked for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Yeah, Could yeah, you so hate him any more possibly? <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot out there. So uh huge deal. And I think that, you know, like, I think the whole point of the summary motions or the summary judgment is that this is supposed to put things you know, out more quickly. Like there's supposed to be a decision made like pending soon uh, was the point of this without having to go to trial is, is really what it comes down to. And so this should be a massive piece of evidence. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think it's going to get appealed, but I don't think the judge will do anything because it was, I mean, it was her order. Uh, so when they get released, if they get released now, that's, that's the other question. Like the judge ordered, they get released. If the sec comes forward and like ponies up a settlement or says we're willing to back off, because you know you're about to expose our agency like they may never get released in that i don't know if that's true if they would not get released at that point but like if bottom line if xrp wins yep crypto cat crypto catches a bid yep no question no question about it and and i i love to see the collaboration between the xrp and the coinbase teams like there's pictures of of both of their uh legal um, you know, the, the folks that head up legal, like, I, I think this was like two, two, two or three days ago together, obviously having meetings about, you know, what, what's going on with their case and the cases together. So, um, definitely massive, massive developments. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it will catch a bid. You're right, Austin, if, if they can get, uh, get a win here. So, um, we want to talk about ripple. I think this is, uh, this is a pretty massive development and Austin, why don't you take the, uh, the summary here, if you don't mind. The summary of what we just talked about ripple i'm sorry dude i am losing my mind uh, <laughs> uh tether is what i meant to say <clears throat> we should talk about tether so uh, that one right next to it paulo his ah, tweet got yep, it thank you so tether all right so we got some numbers from tether the other day showing that they earned something like what was it four plus billion in like q1 of 20 it was something crazy um and a lot of that had to do with you know the price or the rate of return on you know short-term treasuries right now i mean bottom line right uh and and that's really where they make a lot of their money 
but Paolo, who is the, you know, he's one of the co-founders of Bitfinex, also one of the co-founders of, ooh, can you guys hear that? No. Somebody's cut. Okay, good. Because they're cutting the lawn actually, like right actually by my window. cutting the grass. Do you hear your grass cut like every two days? I feel like this you is know, a very it's almost summer place. and we like to we like to keep the hedges <laughs> trimmed. You know what I mean? I think the gardener paid, man. Yeah, that's right. But but so Tether came out and you know they they stated that they have 2.5 billion dollars in what they deemed excess reserves, meaning every tether in circulation is backed up one to one with the US dollar, plus they have 2.5 billion dollars in excess reserves. So that's you know in in USD equivalent or USD. And what they said is 15% of moving forward of their monthly net profits will be invested into BTC. And, and, and this is probably a very, very smart move because right now you've got, you know, the Republicans and the Dems kowtowing and fighting over the debt ceiling. And really where that could potentially cause an issue is in these treasuries that, that, you know, that Tether holds. Um, and so I found this to be like a really, really interesting story for better or worse. You know, I mean, Tether, Paolo is here talking about transparency. I think we can all agree that Tether is less than fully transparent. Like USDC is transparent. Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe that's to their detriment. If USDC was not as transparent as they were, we wouldn't have had the SVB information. We wouldn't have had the DPEG. Um, you know what I mean? Tether is less than transparent. That's we true. really don't know where their reserves are being held. We don't know exactly what they're being held in, but like there was a while there that there was a lot of speculation that they held a lot of Chinese corporate paper. And, uh, you know, then they came out and claimed, okay, we've moved away from that. We've moved into, you know, safer investments like United States treasuries, things of that nature. Um, and now that United States treasuries are, you know, and they do this posturing every couple of years with the debt ceiling. So it's going to get raised. But like now that these, you know, are on a little bit of shaky ground, they're rolling some of it into Bitcoin and supporting the industry. And I don't think it's going to have like that big of an effect on price, but I just think it's nice that they're supporting the industry. Cheers. Yeah. Corval, do you, do you want to jump in or? <clears throat> um, so I don't have too much more to add on top of that. Like, yeah. So it's as a, as a proportion of their total uh, backing of, of Tether, the Bitcoin is going to be too much. Uh, Suvlaki had a really interesting video, only like seven minutes long. Um, I highly recommend you watch it, uh, where he kind of gets into the attestation report. I have a hell of a time with that word, attestation. Um, it's micro What I found kind of interesting about it. So yeah, Tether is not like super transparent. Um, in that like the reserves haven't been audited, like you can't go and see like line by line everything, but they do have the whole breakdown of their reserves. And what I thought was kind of cool is a, about roughly about the same amount, actually slightly more than the amount of Bitcoin that they have on their sheets. They have precious metals. So they're into mm. gold and silver and all that too. Smart. Yeah, really I mean, all over the place. I, I completely agree with you, Corval. Like, so it's a, it's, it's a good time to be, I mean, depending on how you look at it, it's a good time to be a stable coin. Like if you're, if you're in the treasury bills game, like they are making a shitload of money uh, on, you know, 90 day or less treasuries from the government. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is a reflection on, on the surplus of their balance sheet with 81 uh, billion in assets, 79.4 billion in liabilities. So 2.4 billion in surplus, 64% uh, is treasury bills. 9% is overnight repos. 9% is in the money market. 6% is in secured loans. And then, Four percent and other, and I don't know what the other is, but it sounds like that other is three point four billion in gold and precious metals, and one point five billion in BTC. And Ooh, so, nice. if you back all of that out, that means effectively, and and to 
Corval's point about Subaki, like these are, you know, more of uh, really insights that seven minute video is super easy to watch. But two and a half percent in the assets of the largest stable coin in the market are not traditionally financial instruments. So Bitcoin and precious metals. Right. So like as we talk about diversification away from, you know, you know, taking down circle by having all of your, you know, a, a massive hole in your balance sheet from a, a, a bank that goes down, like the more diversification we can get, I think the better off we are as an industry. And so that's like a big, big piece for me here is th like, this is a very positive thing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Here, here. And it, it, the irony is not lost that, you know, the U S government is like, they've been kind of targeting tether or at least IFINEX uh, for a while. And Tether's, you know, definitely holding it. How much of their their balance sheet is in treasuries? Uh, 64, 65% U.S. Treasury bills. 53 right. billion. <clears throat> so it's interesting that, you know, the U.S. kind of has them by the balls <laughs> just based on their own investment strategy. But Tether made more money in Q1 than Goldman Sachs did. Yep. Think That's why that I said it's a good it's a good time to be a stablecoin man. Like these guys oh are they're, they're pulling it in. But the the diversification piece is is important, and it's it's you know part of me was like, well, like crypto is a super volatile asset. Like I don't care what you you say about where Bitcoin might be headed next, whether it's twenty five or or twenty three or or up to thirty three. But like you know, if something catastrophic happened, like is there is there a issue with one point five percent of your balance sheet actually being in Bitcoin if you are a stable coin like like do you see a, the other side of this at, at all it's just net profits though they're only rolling 15 percent of monthly surplus. Net profits gotcha. so it's well, not actually the backing well there's well there's already no i mean i think there's already uh there was already a, da, 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 so already list, yeah tether has confirmed they already held two percent portfolio in bitcoin so yes there are there already was in the latest uh attestation so interesting yeah. So, I mean, I guess, like, is there another side of that? Like, if like if something catastrophic happened to the industry, I guess, as long as it's, as long as it's not more than their surplus, then I guess it'd be fine. But that, that was kind of where my head went on the on the Bitcoin piece. But it's good to see them diversify. And, hey, uh, if anything did happen, we wouldn't know about it because they don't tell anyone shit. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> There's absolutely zero uh, pants down <laughs> audit or transparency. So, And honestly, that's probably, like, I can see the silver lining on that. You know, yeah, uh, if we knew the the terms of their um, <clears throat> the bonds and, and treasury bills they hold, people might cause a run on tether. So maybe you're right; it is good that they're a little obscure with it. Yeah, no, it's good as long as they keep paying out. Like, you know, no harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. So, is it a, a Bitcoin? According to the SEC, is a commodity, and and it has to do with the fact that it was not issued by a single entity. It's not controlled by a single entity, and it's sufficiently decentralized. Those, yeah. are, those are the work. actual words of Gensler. The so. words of our king, Gensler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, it, that. Yeah, that, that that's for certain. He said that numerous times. I think he said it on on when, on when he came up and got grilled on the hill. Uh, that yeah. His actually, I'm not sure he would answer the Bitcoin question at all, but I know previously he said that many many times. So, um, all right, cool. So. You know, super interesting to see. Obviously, uh, it seems like they are doing really well in terms of uh, balance sheet from what we know, from what they tell us. So uh, that's a positive, considering about 50% of the industry is under their stablecoin. So jumping over to Ryan. So this is more of like a phil philosophical dis discussion, guys. Like, you know, I have 
I've long shaken my head at this space and like some people get mass enjoyment out of it. I don't know. I'm not really one of them. Like on the meme coin train, on like the the shit that like really blows up and becomes like mainstream narratives on crypto Twitter. Like to me, like a lot of it lacks professionalism. It doesn't like like we are we are in the biggest like right now we're in the biggest battle that could ever be like this isn't like an overnight thing like like it's easy it's easy to get into this but it's hard to get out and the path that the sec has taken has opened a door that means that like this is in my opinion different than any um bear market we've had because we're both in a global recession and fighting you know people that are, are very very hard to take on across many sectors of our space and so basically ryan goes on to say if you're a crypto leader right now, you have two jobs, build things aside from a shitcoin casino and engage in policy conversation. We can only fight uh, fight the fights on privacy, self-custody, innovation, et cetera, uh, when we are somewhat serious. And so he goes he goes on to talk about Pepe and, and you know some of the meme coins and, and all this different stuff. But you know, he, he thinks that this bull market or bear market, excuse me, is different than previous bears because of what we're up against. And so what are you guys' thoughts on this? And then we'll talk about the seven million that, that Ben Dadith has pulled in in 72 hours uh, <laughs> as an example. And so I think Ryan, you know, so Ryan is is the founder of Masari. Um, and he provides essential infrastructure to the crypto industry. So you know, to him, nobody's going to legislate against his company. Like he's not a, he does not a token issuer. He's not that sort of a thing. Um, however, he does provide essential infrastructure for the industry. And and he's definitely a, one of the most, he's one of the, the biggest advocates for the industry. Yep. Uh, one of the most active, but also I would say one of the most level headed uh, when it comes down to a lot of this shit. And the fact, you know, I wonder, could the shitcoin casino, exist in the way that it does if it wasn't at the tail end of a bear market and i would submit that it couldn't because you know just like we said on show a few weeks back you know if you're starved for sex you're going to take whatever walks your way right and that's <laughs> kind of what i think is happening uh right now because back in 2021 everything was rocketing 40 percent overnight yeah and you know you didn't need a meme coin to get your fix so but i think i think it's kind of going to fall on deaf ears uh, I think it's, you know, it's definitely going to, you know, nobody's going to care because when there's money to be made, there's money to be made, you know? Yeah. So I kind of think that the shitcoin casino has been around for as long as like <clears throat> Ethereum has been around, <laughs> like almost right after Ethereum launches, you get a bunch of, um, well, I guess as long as the ERC 20 standard has existed, people have been launching like their own little shit tokens and poo poo coins. Uh, I mean, I've lost money on them going back to like 2018, right? Um, things that never, never really took off. But I think that he's got a point that there's a level of professionalism that needs to be brought to the space. But I think there is kind of like a counter cultural trend to blockchain that's kind of inherent to the developers that work on it, that choose to work on it. That's why you see so many people choosing to be anonymous. It's like that cypherpunk philosophy the idea that you could completely disassociate your identity in real life from your online presence and even transact anonymously like build an entire like anonymously functioning uh but none of it's anonymous though like this is like that's where like i have such an issue with this space like if you're if you're if you do something truly wrong zach xpt will figure out who you are in a matter of like 
12 hours. Like, like I just, don't, I, you don't look anonymity does not give the implication of doing something wrong. Yeah. No. That's different. Like you have, that's still like an identity that's online. That's separate Bro, from your real world yeah. identity. I promise you when I stop doing these shows, I mm -hmm. won't go away. You just won't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, go like, away with can, my account to create a new one and shit post. You can use whatever, like, like Zach XPT can destroy your, you know, like anime picture identity, right? Or like your contract at, like the address that you're using to to do stuff. Like he can make that seem bad, but the appeal for a lot of people is that they can come on here and there's not like. I'm giving you my real name, I'm giving you my address, my parents, yeah. all that stuff. And that's kind of look, I'm I'm getting a little bit into into media theory here, right? And there's this idea that's happened since the start of the internet that's gotten a lot stronger recently with the advent of social media where your real life identity is very much online and there's no like separation between the two. And crypto kind of enables a lot of people to put that separation back in place. Um so I think it's kind of well, you'll probably see, I think, is like a split between very professional people in crypto. And then you still see the pseudo anonymous people trying to push things around the edges. It's like uh, like like every cultural trend, you got the people on the outside and it's going to be filled with scammers and it's going to be filled with weirdos and a lot of losers and grifters. <laughs> but among those, there's those that are really smart people, too, that are going to be pushing mm -hmm. the boundaries. Yeah, and Ryan's really calling for the people at the core to really start taking it serious, um, and I'm with him on that. I'm with him on that, but I don't think we're ever going to see you know, like Chef Nomi types go away, <laughs> you know. But you know, I think I think if it could be relegated to its own, like it's always been there, but if it if if it could be relegated to its own little corner of the internet, I think really the problem with the memes, uh, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I played in them. I do, mm -hmm. uh, but is that mainstream people with mainstream platforms have now, you know, like we're not tweeting about memes or any of that shit, but some people are like some people with mainstream platforms have yeah. now gone down because there's nothing else mm -hmm. really going on. Um, and, and it's good for engagement. Like it's good for all sorts of shit. Like if we were a meme coin channel, dude, we'd have like a quarter million fucking subscribers right now. Um, and some 10, people, they, that's just what they care about. Yeah, just <laughs> that's just what they care about. You know what I mean? And so I think really what he's trying to say is, you know, a lot of these mainstream folks have converted over to this. Um, and that's a very, very bad look. If it's just if it's just a bunch of anonymous random crypto Twitter accounts that are always shit coining, mm -hmm. you know, thousand X gems, X, Y, Z, X, O, X, O, you know, nobody <laughs> gives a fuck what that dude's doing. Yeah. <laughs> like Nobody cares. But like what I saw was Ben Dottie put out a tweet and it was and then there's been an anonymous developer who's i don't know if you've seen the the back and forth with all of this stuff about psyops which is the newest you know thing that he's coming out with or whatever mm -hmm. but the, the the dev has said like you know this thing was a scam from the beginning and da, 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 and i i don't have the tweet here but um you know basically that you know this guy has <laughs> that wasn't the developer though that was like debunked it was it fully debunked he's it, still it, putting it, out it, tweets it wasn't it wasn't the developer okay well yeah he sh he shared his complete trans his complete chat history with this guy like it was just yeah. somebody that reached out to him and then he went engagement farming. Gotcha. Okay. Well, nevertheless, you know there was seven million made by this guy overnight, and there's people basically tagging Gensler in this. And like you know, look, I guess like more power to the guy. Like if you're gonna you know like every it is it is a capitalist society, and you should be able to launch shit coins. And if they 
profit then that's fantastic but it, it does i just think it like it makes us look kind of like a joke it's, it's sort of my stance well i think the ben dot saga is a frightening one and i think yeah. it's brought you know because he's doing pre-sales by basically telling people on twitter just send your money to me right yeah right here uh, and i find that to be really really wacky uh and 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 honestly like so many like i was watching the wallet so many people thousands of people sent him money bro what do you think is going to happen when this token launches yeah you think, look at this do you think all those thousands of people didn't already get their tokens that might particularly want to buy this like dude yeah. this is, if it dumps to to hell like there's going to be people with pitchforks and torches like looking for this dude and yeah. even though he's anonymous he's not anonymous to everyone you know if you want to find out bad enough you can find him out probably um especially since he's got that board ape yacht club picture you know <laughs> well they know yeah but it's in they know his you know his wallet but but still I, I think this was a really bad look um i think it, it's 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 probably marking some sort of top in the meme coin run I, yeah. if i were to take a guess and, and that's good news right we want that yep. uh we want you know liquidity to flow back into the regular markets for sure i definitely when i see this though i think also kind of like thinking like blockchain ethos right the idea that it's trustless right the idea that you can trust the contracts the code because you can read the code and you can know what it's going to happen this is like the exact opposite this is just a typical like personality type scam like that you just send it to my uh, it's no different than me being like send send fifty dollars to to my p.o box and i'll show you how to lose 200 pounds in eight weeks you know it, oh, we just, did this before already it, mm -hmm. we just it was called an ico back then yeah. uh but at least then they gave you a white paper and a decent looking website now mm -hmm. you don't even need that uh now you know what i mean now you've just got some anonymous dude who the only reason that he was successful is because bitboy took over his project or is going to take over his project like you know anyone that was looking in from the outside knows that the only reason ben did well was because bitboy did something with it it wasn't doing anything until he came around you know mm -hmm. so whatever take that for what it's worth but yeah, hopefully I mean, it marks the top i i just feel like the more of these things that we have happen uh going on my tabs here the more that we look like these guys yo one of those dudes got arrested the other day yeah for battery uh his, I his follow dude, uh his girlfriend follow of, of a month had a tattoo of his face on her neck of course That's true did. love <laughs> of course of course uh sorry you, you were saying my bad. well no I, I i lived down in in palm beach for 12 years so i, I follow this facebook account uh palm beach arrests or something like that and one of these kids popped up to which i had a very you know personal feeling about because uh <laughs> my boy decentralized over here was kind enough to have the island boys do a cameo for me a while back to try and get me to pump their shit coin so you know appreciate <laughs> you dude i still have it saved on my phone somewhere. do you really i didn't know yeah, that. yeah it was, it was fucking dude, that's insane. hilarious that marked the top that was so, the top right yeah, well, the island boys these the guys was one of them in the car and his girlfriend was beating him up like punching him in the head and the face <laughs> Yeah, that was the last thing I saw of an island boy. I didn't know they were still around. Yeah, the video I saw was her getting that tattoo removed. So like literally the like the the laser thing, and like it's oh, this no. dude's, it's his face, it's, and like they've been <laughs> dating a month, and then he's arrested for battery, and so like just it, it's a perfect it's a perfect story, really. Did you see Bitlord got 
the tattoo of Mong on the side of his head? No. Bro, and that mo he's crazy as shit. I, I really actually like his content. I think it's hilarious. But like he got a shit coin. He got a meme coin tattooed on the side of his head. It's just incredible. Thing. Like there's a picture of it happening on his. It's an absolutely insane. But he's got a ton of cryptos tattooed all over him. So yeah, that's what a world we live in, my friends. It, it, anytime you get a control. tattoo of someone that you're dating, like it's uh, that's always a that's a that's a coin it's flip, my man. Very silly thing to do. Uh, but yeah, Island Boys aside, I, I'm I'm on you know like look, Eric, Eric just putting a cap on this. Eric Voorhees obviously very prominent. Uh, we are not one community. We are diverse and decentralized, as executing different strategies in different places. That are that is our strength. Like you know, that's probably you know a very pretty you know it's a it's a valid other side of the of the opinion. And so, um, I just think that like if we want to be taken seriously, we need to like maybe act a little more serious as a group. But the only the only unity I've ever really seen in the crypto space, like really, really are mm -hmm. little pockets of unity with particular yeah. token maxis or yep uh common and enemy unity like we mm -hmm. all hate that guy yeah <laughs> you know like gensler he yep. brings unity out of us we or you know yesterday even ledger was not we should probably do an update on the ledger thing do it yeah i mean uh, should we should we talk about it i, well, I think we should if we go into it, I really want to just say one more thing about this. And I think uh, I've, I brought this up before. And this actually, they, they talked about this in the recent uh, congressional hearing on crypto, uh, the concept of like a self-regulatory body. I think probably the only way to kind of get to what Ryan Selkis is wanting here is if we have some really trusted third-party uh, kind of, not third-party, but crypto-native institution that is specifically like a, i guess gatekeeping or like mm -hmm. stamping things with approval um so if you think like the screen actor now what another screen actor skill you know how they like rate movies like r and uh, x and c17 yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that that you can trust you That's could say that'd idea. be like the auditing firms but like that doesn't really work like risk Maybe profiles like <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't I, like where this is going right now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's know. an option because like e e how I see this progressing is it's either going to be like crypto people start self regulating <laughs> and self enforcing or the th a third outside party like a government is going to come in and enforce it. They're going to be like, you either need a license to do this or you're not going to do it at all. That kind of there thing. will be no self enforcement. Like you guys know that, right? We're in the wild west and money is being made. Uh, Ben.eths exist everywhere. Uh, it's just, he was the one that did it in a super uber public way and had the opportunity to raise that kind of money. We cannot rely on people to like, there's a really great, like 90% of crypto is wonderful and people are operating within the boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, but like the government is going to need to come in and say, okay, here's what's okay. And here's what's not okay. And as much as I hate to say that, like and those we need we need the bumper lanes up to be able to know where yeah. the lanes where the gutters are yeah and, and that's kind of what i'm saying though is like so one i'm not talking about social credit mikey i'm talking about yeah. uh you know you're fired if they're so you have like these different academies that teach you how to make smart contracts right uh if they tell you some other economic principles and then they give you a stamp of approval you get some tests at then just a basic <clears> certification now, I'm not saying that you need to do that in order to launch a smart contract. It's just not how the, the, the tech works. 
but if you can uh, that sort of appeal to authority kind of makes people feel a little bit safer and then being so, able to revoke credentials in that way and discredit someone i mean it does introduce a level of like i said it kind of is contrary to the ethos of the whole area but before crypto i worked for the better business bureau for no bbv yeah I did. I, didn't I, know that. <clears throat> I did marketing for them. I was number one in the country in 2008. Toot, toot, that's me tooting my own horn. Uh, but here's some things people don't know about the BBB. They're not a government agency, mm -hmm. right? They have actually nothing to do with the government. They're completely civil. They're completely, they're a way for, to put it in crypto terms, for the community to say who's good, who's bad, and for projects, i.e. companies, to pledge to a certain set of standards. And if they meet those standards, they get a BBB accreditation. Mm -hmm. We really just need something similar to that in the crypto industry. That's kind of, it sounds to me like that's what you're describing, Corval, is that sort of an organization that people yeah. can opt into. There's multiple ways I think that this could be enacted, but that is definitely a simple one. And you, people could argue that that's like what, um, what's the auditing firm called? Uh, any auditing firm, that's kind of what they're trying to do. You got things like Rug Doctor or like these other services that evaluate protocols as like safety and stuff. And they try to do that too. Yeah, um, but they, dude, come on. Yeah, they went so far down the left field, pay us. Like, we're going to shit on you if you don't pay us 15 grand. Like, I mm -hmm. absolutely in my heart despise them. Yeah, that's a, that's a challenge that someone smarter than me is going to have to figure out how to make something like that profitable enough to run. Um, and also, large enough and effective enough to actually be worth anything but i i honestly am starting to think it's either something like that or it's going to be you know they're going to start they're going to found like the crypto oversight committee i mean that's uh, gonna, that's but that's going to happen though like, yeah. like i guess what i'm all i'm trying to say through this is like we're just giving them more ammunition and more ammunition and more ammunition and like that's that's the bottom line and but there's no way to stop it and it's part Dude, of according to them they have all the ammunition they need nothing that's happening right now is giving more ammunition yeah, i guess they F had FTX luna they yeah. had ftx <laughs> and by the way somebody mentioned uh a tattoo of hector dow my yeah. novogratz got luna tattooed on his left arm so oh you know God. no he, <laughs> nothing could ever be worse than that dude oh no but but they have all they have everything that they need like the to be honest like in a in a really strange way according to some people that i've spoken to like from a legally compliant standpoint <laughs> meme coins have a much easier time getting listed on exchanges than actual businesses because there's really no actual business. It's literally just a token that does nothing. Right. Buy it right. if you want to, sell it if you want to. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, BBC, that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> Corval, go get some BBC and report back. <laughs> All right, I'll, uh, I'll Google around. I'm sure if I Google it, something will come up that I can use. <laughs> Austin, do you want to go into the uh, or what? What's like? What's wrong with my brain today? Do you want to go into the Ledger thing or or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about Ledger. We got to talk about Ledger because there was some really interesting. All right, so I, and and again, everything I'm sharing is my own personal opinion here. Um, there was I noticed strangely there was a little bit of a division in the community. Some people were saying, "Yo, this is a, a way overreaction." Some people were saying, "Nah, screw them." Here's my personal feeling. So we talked yesterday about ledger and what they did is they enabled uh or <clears throat> their newest firmware updates 
give you the option to toggle on a new service. And that service is that they will shard, encrypt, and store your uh, seed phrase on your behalf. And then if you lose it, you can go back to them and pull it back uh, and, and restore your shit, which is great for normies. However, the promise that we've gotten from Ledger forever is nobody can siphon your private key off of your device without having your device in your hand, basically. And so, a lot, you know, Ledger obviously came out and started trying to do some backtracking because there was like, <clears throat> there was a lot of like really shitty uh, reactions to this, um, including mine. And I, I was thinking about this last night and I started to do a little bit of research and part of the issue, a big part of the issue. So uh, all the apps, Ledger Live, all of that is open source. The Ledger firmware is closed. It's closed source. You cannot get into it and see what it does. Tracer's fully open source. A lot of the other ones are fully open source. This one is not. Really what these guys are selling, <clears throat> they're selling a device, sure. But really what these guys are selling is they're selling peace of mind. And what and, and that's what I'm buying. When I buy a hardware wallet, I'm buying the ability to sleep at night with a reasonable expectation that my assets are safe. I don't think anyone would argue with that. Um, yesterday, they cracked that for me personally. And I think they cracked it for a lot of people. And so, you know, the ability to export my seed phrase off of my device, whether it's encrypted, triple sharded, whatever the fuck they're doing, I don't know. It just, that ability should not exist. It should not exist. And that's really where the problem comes in for me. And so I have a lot of letters. They're paperweights now. I ordered two tracers <laughs> yesterday. I ordered some more safe cards for my grid plus. And that's it. And that's for me personally. And if other people choose to like trust that this is going to be an okay thing to have on your device, go ahead. It probably is. And whether it is or it isn't is irrelevant because my peace of mind has been eroded. And that's the product that I was purchasing, not yeah. a USB stick. I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, that was the large... Uh, a, a very large portion of previous Ledger supporters are seem to be no longer. I mean, that's and that, that is what you're buying is the promise of peace of mind that you don't have to worry. Like this is going to be as secure as possible. There are no backdoors. There is no feature that can be toggled on by you or anybody else that's going to comprom uh, compromise that. And they, you know, I think that they really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, and I'm not even sure they meant to release this information. By the way, I, I'm pretty sure it was like. A feature that was coming and it got leaked no they did a video and an entire tweet thread about was it. it they meant okay. to they released it i thought that up. was okay i thought something leaked first and then that was a uh, response <laughs> they to that. straight up released it got it so well uh it, it it motivated me to order grid plus so you know so good, good for I, you I, I think for a, a lot of people uh, a lot they're rarely companies. in stock like i totally mm. recommend a grip plus also no. if you have like if you if you're a mobile user you can get a keystone um which is yep. qr code you scan one end on your phone you scan the other end on the keystone and it releases it i don't do anything on mobile it's just not really my bag but um there are a lot of like really 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 good hardware wallets out there there's more than just ledger and tracer and and grid plus although grid plus you know for me is the one that i found to be the most user-friendly i like it a lot <clears throat> cool 
Uh, all right, last topic of the day. So the Treasures of Shimmer testnet campaign is a wrap and came out with some performance stats that to me looked pretty good. Uh, and I you know, was able to participate and um, you know, everyone that participated will get some form of airdrop, whether it's Shimmer tokens or the, you know, the accompanying protocols that launched uh, as part of the testnet campaign. Um, but you know, obviously like you have to take some of this with you know a bit of a grain of salt because it's testnet and and you know when you get into you know full launch with with all the different protocols live like you know things can perform a bit differently but you know looking at daily transactions uh you know I was looking at ethereum at a million per day phantoms like 400,000 binance is 4.6 million they fell somewhere in between that and obviously this was incentivized right so there's incentive to be there but these numbers look pretty good so i don't know what your your thoughts are obviously um, you know, Shimmer is a, a sponsor of the show just for full transparency. But, you know, to me, there's there's a lot of promise here. Yeah. So I have some some stuff to share. So I, I did a lot of testing on the network and <clears throat> the transactions were were very fast, just like it shows. They need to uh, get their RPC infrastructure up to snuff like anyone that was around with Phantom knows. Yep. We had RPC issues uh, and nothing. And 90% of people don't realize it's their RPC that's bogged down, not the network. Um, they've got to get the RPC going. Thank you. You led me into my next thing. Block Scout sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, this type of block explorer is, in my opinion, no bueno. Um, but Etherscan is also very, very expensive. And so, you know, I, I was trained to interact with smart contracts through Etherscan. Like I know how to do that. I know how to show people how to do that. I know how to get in and decode messages within that. Like I know how to do at least a reasonable amount of stuff. Um, and so, you know, th these are my critiques of the network. Now, we can't really take a look at how many transactions went on because um, there were no true gas fees Right. So, yeah. and I, I'm being critical right now only so that I can get that out of the way because this is fucking awesome. Um, we don't, there were no true gas fees because it's a test net and it was incentivized. Okay. So we'll get that out of the way. No gas fees means, you know, some of it could have been bot activity. We just don't know. However, there was a lot of legitimate activity and a lot of data was collected. And really, the whole point of the Treasures of Shimmer campaign was not. To get it, I mean, it was to get some people to use it, but it was it was data collection, right? So, for the collection of data to release the absolute best product, in I can't tell you how long from now, but not too long, um, they needed this data. They needed RPCs to be maxed out. They needed like they needed all of this to happen, and it did. It went really, really well. Um, so, I'm super proud of like the IOTA team having gotten to know them over the last eight months since we met Dom and, and like just to watch this start to come to fruition, like clay and Corval and myself, we did an AMA and in, in what's called the touch point discord, which is the, the, the builders, it, the builders are a part of touch point. And we got to chat with them this morning and like to hear, you know, to hear them to, to just, there's so much passion for this network. Like the IOTA community is out of control. I'm just very, very excited to see it happen. And I want to, can I touch on a couple of the questions over here? Yep. Okay. Uh, Rabi works with basically everything lefty. Rabi is actually one of the most hardware friendly wallets out there. Um, uh, what else? There was another question here. Oh, well, I forgot it. <laughs> but, but that was the one that I wanted to answer. Uh, Ledger firmware. I don't, I don't know the most recent one, but it only came out yesterday. 
Cool. So yeah, I mean, you know, ton of excitement around Shimmer. I'm super excited, and Mainnet is going to be very exciting as well. And like, have we? I don't know if we've disclosed. Like, we've got a show coming, uh, and I guess I just disclosed it if we hadn't. Um, but we will be doing a show on Shimmer specifically on Thursdays, uh, and it will be called Shimmer Live, and it's going to be super, mm-hmm. super exciting, super fun. <clears throat> and uh, I don't. Do we have a time nailed down for that? Yep, it'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be literally just like Phantom Unchained was for all my old heads. We have uh, a couple of people from from the IOTA community, some well-known folks, some builders. Double Sharp will be joining us as our developer. And we're just going to get together and talk DeFi and talk about the good gossip and basically all the shit that we used to do with Phantom Unchained. That's what we're going to be doing with Shimmer Live. And it's going to be dope. And I'm very, very excited to start doing that again. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So the uh, IOTA token and the Shimmer token are two, two, two different, different things. things. Yeah. Two different things. IOTA token, you can bridge to Shimmer and use it, you know, probably as collateral, but the Shimmer token is what's used as gas. And so the IOTA token may catch a proxy bid. Or is it, that's not the right word. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They may catch like a kind of a side bid because Shimmer's doing well, but Shimmer's going to be the token uh, to move with the network for now. Yeah. And I think Bit4x is the only centralized place to no bitfinex bro literally everyone in the world can use bitfinex except for us yankees name name the wrong one same different bit uh but bitfinex um clay is now an agent for the ccp everyone by the way (laughs) nobody told me i didn't have kyc man uh yeah so i i kyc i kyc'd with uh with bitfinex and let austin bit4x oh jesus man bit4x uh and and uh Austin was like, dude, that's like run by the, the Chinese Communist Party. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, like now they have all your info. They know exactly where you are. So anyway, it's pretty funny. Uh, but we'll we'll report back on how that goes. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think we're at the hour mark here. I think we're good to go, gentlemen. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always. And we'll be back host. tomorrow. Hopefully you'll. You'll keep the, the. I don't know where you're pulling these. Like, you want to where you, where are you getting these shirts, man? You get, like, I know Target's got ca- some. Like, it's from a site called Shithead Steve. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I have one more for tomorrow too. All right, I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Have I to only get a up. single use though, because they're not tall. And as soon as I as soon as I wash them, they're gonna yeah, go to my belly button. So I gotta throw them away. You got a mid drift on. Uh, yeah, my goal for this weekend is get the block bites light up, and and I'm gonna have to up my shirt game as well. So. Uh, to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in every single day. We are live every day at noon Eastern on BlockBytes Daily, bringing you the latest from crypto and DeFi. Uh, DeFi Tuesdays have been a really big hit, honestly. And if you guys are enjoying it, let us know. Uh, let us know protocols you'd like to see. Like reply to us on Twitter or you know, comment on the last one we did and say, hey, next week, show us this. Uh, you I see that, Clay? Tell. It's kind of. That's Ben holding all right, Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. We will be live tomorrow at noon, uh, as we are every single day. And thank you so much. Have a wonderful Wednesday and a great rest of your week. And all the rest. All the rest. And that's <laughs> it. And Mikey. Audios, everybody. It was great being with y'all. <laughs> <laughs>